You're okay if I make you uncomfortable, right? <laughs> like usual. <laughs> Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. Hey guys, uh, Melina Boswell here uh, with my son, David Boswell. Hi, hi. Hey, hey. And so uh, we were just talking about um, how poor kid, you know, he's lived his life with me saying, um, you know, never allowing, um, you know, always forcing him to, to grow. It's, I, you don't know this yesterday, David, but I was in class, I was talking about, um, as I was setting students up to go out and door knock, right. Um, and we were talking about mindset and, and I was sharing with them how, who you are, shows up like at the door we're, we're meeting distressed homeowners and how like you don't realize who you are shows up when you're at the door because you can get triggered by people right oh yeah and uh how it's really funny that i'm going to talk about this right now because this situation the the deal we're going to discuss well, there's so many triggers in it for both of us right and i was just sharing how we all have personal triggers and they're all related to our own personal lives like our, honestly our childhood right mm-hmm. mommy and daddy stuff and and how things are generational and i was saying you know there's the thing, and we'll just call it the, the elephant, you know, like there's the elephant, it's the thing that um, every, every family has the thing and the elephant. And I was like the kid, the little girl who was like, I, I was raised in a family where everybody would be like, there's no elephant, what elephant? We don't even care about the elephant, the elephant doesn't exist. And I was like, you know, young going, there's an elephant, right? Like pointing, look at, look at that elephant, you see it, it's pink and it's polka dots and it's whatever, you know? And nobody knew what to do with me mm-hmm. because I was just, that's my nature is to go, well, let's talk about the elephant. And so as a result, you were raised um, in a household that never allowed the elephant to go unaddressed and how um, uncomfortable that can be and how actually how your daughter now is very – that's why I can get Trinity because she's the one who's like, um, there's an elephant. Do you, mm, like, she just calls it out. She just calls it out and says what it is and it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Um, but how, uh, yeah, for you guys, you know, and, and it's interesting too that there's, I guess, generational – so I had to work really hard to make sure because I, my nature is to just ignore the elephant. <laughs> like I have to be very, very intentional about not ignoring the elephant. And um, anyway, so that's what I was saying. I don't know what we're talking about. It's finally one what of the students raised, about? Yeah, yeah. raised his hand and said, um, what's the elephant? <laughs> and I was like, it's whatever the thing is. You know, there's all kinds nobody of things. Everybody, about. this is the thing nobody wants to talk about. And so when you're out door knocking, talking with distressed homeowners, you know, the elephant may look like the foreclosure, but it's not, that's not really the elephant. Mm. There's something else that, you know, there's some kind of life event that happened that caused the foreclosure, right? And that's probably the real elephant. Mm. And they're not going to, they're not going to talk about the elephant. They're going to point to squirrel and like, look at that and look at this. And they're, because people deal with the elephant, however they deal with it. Mm. Right. So true. And how we, um, we get triggered by our own personal um, experiences. So, um, which will kind of play into what you wanted to talk about today. So, uh, when we're thinking about podcasts and topics to have and, and what we should talk about, what do people want to hear? Um, David, you're very good at coming up with things that you think people um, would find interesting. And so we thought it would be cool to kind of talk about your journey with the club, because even though you are the son, right, of the founders, um, your journey with the club has been, you know, dad and I were very much, um, believers in, you know, you um, creating your own, why, why, making your own way, right? So we didn't give you anything on a, on a silver platter at all, right. um, made you work through. And so you've been on your own since you were 18 years old, mm-hmm. um, 11 years now. And so um, 
kind of your journey being raised with it, but then also not being raised with it. Yeah. Um, and interesting that um, I was thinking about this in 2016, um, you came to your first RPP, mm-hmm. like uh, like officially came to your first RPP because there was always a plan of succession for dad and I to kind of, you know, give this thing over to you guys. And 2016 was your first RPP mm-hmm. in the summer, which is really funny. So we thought we'd share a little bit. So go ahead. Why don't you yeah, talk about I just, what you thought was important. Really from, from my perspective, you know, because, I mean, we've been in – how many years have you been in real estate? What do you think? Yeah, I mean... Over 20. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 30 years. Yeah, your whole life. So it's like the lingo and, the, you know, the language and all of the terms and... and concepts. Concepts. Even. Different, yeah, just real estate in general has been a part of my vocabulary and mm-hmm. lifestyle, really. But I think it's... Now that I've been more involved for, you know, since dad passed, uh, since March, it's been, it's become an entirely different journey. So (laughs) um, (laughs) I wanted to talk about my, um, the first deal that I came across in Idaho. Um, You know, I said I always knew about real estate, but I I never was actively, like, I never saw myself as a, a just because, you know, I just saw myself as the the child of a couple, you know, I guess, but I never really, I, I could have a conversation with nearly anybody about real estate. It didn't matter where I was, you know, if somebody, people who are older than me when I was younger would, you know, we'd be talking about real estate and people would be like, why do you, how do you know what you're saying right now? <laughs> I almost don't think I even really knew what I was talking about. It was just like reciting what you would, <laughs> you know, regurgitating. Information. Yeah. It's actually like, it does. It's so I, I feel for people who come to the club that I can see that like they just don't get it. Mm-hmm. You actually really don't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, even after you've been there for, after you've gone through your RPP and you've spent a couple months with us, you actually don't get it. Still, <laughs> you actually still don't get it. And so I've realized that it's taken me, I mean, this entire time to get to fully be able to wrap my head around what the opportunity is when you get yourself into something like this and. Um, I think the main point, like the takeaway that I want to talk about is, well, let's just talk about, let's talk about Ross. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so. Ross uh, is the Ross street. Is, yeah. Ross is the street name mm-hmm. of the house that we lived in, in Idaho. So man, where do I start? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know where you start. That's kind of tough. I know, I know. Cause yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. You saw an opportunity, really. Yeah. Well, the truth is, is I wanted to get, my, I wanted to get us into a house. We were up, kind of apartment hopping. So Davy was, Davy was three, mm-hmm. four, and Trinity was just, just no. about to be born. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't born yet. No. Mm-hmm. So we were at a place where um, we needed to start settling down. When we first had Davy, I was just kind of running around. We were apartment hopping. I was trying to get my you know, a little bit established. I was just a kid. So <laughs> trying to like keep a job for a few years mm-hmm. even. So we got to a point where Davy was three, Trinity was going to be born and we needed a house. I needed to get into a house. And so I was kind of looking around already knowing, like praying for an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, I have, I always keep my ears open anyway. And also everybody knows what my family does. All my friends know what we do. And so one day my buddy comes to me and says, Hey, uh, you want to buy my mom's house? <laughs> That's actually exactly what he said. And I was like, what do you, what do you mean? What, what's going on? He's like, and this is, uh, yeah, well, full disclosure and I won't say any names, but oh. <laughs> yeah, he, he says, my mom is, uh, in some trouble. <laughs> she's actually on the run and <laughs> she's in Texas 
somebody just vandalized the house. It's like it's it's all beat up. She's got some enemies that live near, and they just don't. So they don't like my sister. So they they wrecked the house. Um, it's just vacant, and it's in a really we're in a you know we're in a really weird position. So can you help? Like we need some help. We mm-hmm. need somebody to buy the house. And so I said, well, let's 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 find out what we can do. And at this point, like I. I don't have really any knowledge. Now that I have the knowledge that I do, I actually had zero knowledge about real estate and how it worked. I just knew that we could, we were in a, I just knew that we were in a difficult situation. This family was in a tough situation. Mm-hmm. He was a friend of mine, so I absolutely wanted to do right by him and his mm-hmm. mom. Mm-hmm. And um, I also needed to get into a house. Mm-hmm. So those were the three different pieces of this. That That's all I really knew. Mm. And so I just called mama and I was like, hey, can we do, what can we do with this? Can we do something with this? And um, I just remember, I remember telling you a little bit of detail. She asked me some questions, questions that I would ask anybody now, but she asked me a few questions and I could just hear the excitement level in her voice. Like, uh, dude, I think you're onto something. Mm -hmm. I really think you're onto something here. So um, through maybe the next few months, we were able to get, you know, to work everything out. So we, I mean, the truth is uh, for somebody else to buy that house, it would, I mean. Yeah. I mean, you know, it goes, it goes down to deals are not found, they're created. Yeah. Right. Cause it wasn't a deal on its face. No, it really. was just cause the house needed a lot of work. Needed a lot of work. And, uh, it was in foreclosure and it was vacant and the owner was gone. The in owner Texas. was gone. Uh-huh. <laughs> so there was just a lot of moving parts to it. So we basically came in and took it over subject to, mm-hmm. uh, we brought it current and then we paid the seller, um, your friend's mom, we paid her um, equity, mm-hmm. paid it out to her directly. And, um, and then you guys moved in and we, you, re, you know, will you painted first? And we, well, rehabbed, we painted. Yeah. yeah, we rehabbed. We did it all ourselves. Mm-hmm. You and me and Kendra and Spoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we did a lot of the work by ourselves. We tore out carpet and we painted and we, yeah, there was a lot of work to be done to it. Yeah. So it's just... It's just, I don't, I think for people to, that are coming into the club, mm-hmm. um, they just like, there's that saying, you just don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I felt this overwhelming, um, at our last introduction mm-hmm. and it's something I really wanted to say to people. I just like, if you're smart, I'm having trouble hearing you. <laughs> Siri. 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 It's, I think it. it's, it's my watch. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> But I just had this overwhelming feeling that like people are I don't want people to walk away without understanding that like how much they don't know mm-hmm. and how much of an opportunity is really at the club. Mm-hmm. Because even being the son of a couple, you know, rock star real estate investors, um, I didn't really fully get the opportunity that was right in front of my face. Right, exactly. That's exactly right. Like you basically knew that there was somebody in foreclosure who needed help and we that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so now you can see what was actually put together, and you really didn't have any idea. No, right? I really didn't. I yeah. really didn't yeah. at the time. You know, I mean, which is weird. It's just been like the time from, I mean, if you if you just taken like ten or fifteen years of here, like just hearing conversations mm-hmm. from you guys, mm-hmm. and you know, being a fly on the wall in the background. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Even being annoyed, I'm sure. Yeah, actually annoyed and not ever getting any real like training. Uh-huh. Because like as your kids, like we didn't get we didn't get the training. No. It was just a matter of being a fly on the wall and right. hearing all the things. Right. So it wasn't until 2016 that I actually sat down in an RPP and listened to the whole to how everything works. Mm-hmm. So. And then you had the realization that wow, I actually did we did create a deal. Yeah. Out of that property that was, in I, Idaho. This is actually a really nice deal. Uh, absolutely, it is. Yeah. And we we did that in it was in 2014, mm-hmm. right? The beginning of 2014 because or 2013, maybe, maybe the end of 2013. And um, that's when we created that opportunity and we still own that property today. Mm-hmm. And so we now realize that, you now realize that, wow, that was a really great deal that we did um, because we were in a position to be able to step in and solve the problems that the seller had uh, and create a win-win situation. That's how deals are are not found. They totally. are created. Yeah, That's exactly right. I mean, nobody would have the the thought process of being able to get into a house with like very little to mm-hmm. no money down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. So, yeah. But if if I if I look back on the whole on the on everything and mm-hmm. if I just kind of pinpoint little details, it's mm-hmm. like I didn't know anything. My friend's mom was able to get the help she needed. Mm-hmm. We were able to get into this house, mm-hmm. build equity ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, but then it turned into a rental. Now mm-hmm. now when we had to leave, it turns into a rental. Mm-hmm. And because the market is what it is there, we're able to cash flow a lot more than we normally would. It's just the opportunity was, you know, it's just the crazy opportunity you have from a, a small amount of knowledge. All I had to do was just reach out to you. <laughs> exactly. And it's, just, it's no different for people who come to the club. Hi, this is Christian Rios. As many of you know, I have been a member of New Wealth Advisors Club for over seven years and got started when I was 17 years old with absolutely no real estate experience. One of the biggest lessons I have learned from being in the industry is the need for authentic relationships. If you're looking for an actual team locally in Southern California with all the resources needed to close deals, register for one of our free workshops by visiting www.joinnwac.com. Thanks for listening to the Flipping Off podcast. Exactly. It's, just, it's no different for people who come to the club. That's exactly right. Um, it's it's a funny thing when you think about um, the opportunity that being with with folks that um, are always looking at opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I've taught you how to do is mm-hmm. to just spot opportunities. And that's what I teach, you know, um, all of our club members to do is to just wake up like from sleepwalking, you know, I teach people how to drive for dollars, how to look for very specific things. And when you realize that, you know, you wake up from sleepwalking and now you're noticing everything around you, you don't need to have all of the answers, right? Mm-hmm. You you just need to know there's, this is an opportunity yeah. and can we do something with it? Mm-hmm. And um, I was thinking about that. I, I've had a few referrals, a few deals that way where people, I just let them know what it is that I do. And then I get referrals and I've had, it's this these exact words, you know? So I don't know if you can help these people. I don't even know if this is exactly what you do, but they're in trouble with their home, you know? And that that's all that people really understand. And then it's like, uh, yeah, let me see if I can make something happen. Let me see if I can create an opportunity there. And that's really what we do. Yeah. And the idea behind the club, I think, and what you said to me this morning was people don't realize that the club um, like educates you and opens up your eyes to so many opportunities that sometimes are with real estate and sometimes are not with real estate, not, yeah, right? Exactly. It could be anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's that's really the power of the club. Yeah, totally. I just I, – I don't know if there's a good enough way that we could ever help – it's like your kids – when, you know, or as an adult, when you have kids and you want your kids to learn from your mistakes, mm-hmm. 
And, and it's so difficult to try to find the way to tell them <laughs> so they can understand without really understanding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, that's the real purpose of this is to hopefully let people know. And I guess this podcast will hope, probably be geared for people who have not been to the club yet. Mm. Um, but you just really don't know what you don't know. And the, the <laughs> truth is uh, one RPP can literally change your mindset and open up doors and opportunities that literally would have never been there just from the knowledge and mm-hmm. being able to pick something, pick an opportunity out that wouldn't have normally been there. Mm-hmm. Like the guy Ephraim, I'm sure Ephraim will probably hear this. Mm-hmm. You know, Ephraim had been tra- chasing real estate for a little while. and Several years. Yeah, and wasn't able to get anything done until uh, the opportunity arose at just a church, right? Somebody yeah. he knew had an issue, and he was able to find one of our club members yep. to get the deal done. Like, it's just that, like, how do you even put a price tag on that? It's priceless. It's it is priceless. I think it totally is. Let's talk a little bit about like the how Ross played out. So, we ended up taking that property over subject to the existing mortgage, um, and it was a loan that had been in place for several years. Um, it was a, a little bit of a high interest rate. It was like six percent, you know. Um, so I could have got better financing on that, but I really liked that I was able to take over the existing financing. Um, and it was with a credit union. And so we, I called the credit union. I hired an attorney in Idaho to, you know, prepare all the paperwork. Um, we cleared, um, we got the okay, if you will, from the credit union for us to take it over subject to, uh, and we did that. And then for the last five years, we've just been, you know, paying it down, paying it down, paying it down. And now we're to a point. Yeah. And fixed it it up. Yeah. Yeah. And just, um, really, um, stewarding the opportunity. Um, that that property provided for us. And, you know, it's one of those where you, you know, you, I think a really important thing for people to understand is, um, you know, are we looking for a deal or are we looking to build a business? Yeah. So this is the, literally the exact deal to talk about that. A- absolutely. It is. There's no instant gratification. No, there's there wasn't no, a deal. Yeah. No. We didn't get paid right away. The only real instant gratification was the fact that we had a place to move into. Right. That we were going to be able to, you know, move into this place and, you know, build a little home. Right. But the money hasn't showed up in, no. for like five no. or six years. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, how Absolutely. Long, how long do we yeah. live there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it was a mortgage payment that you guys could afford. Right. You could take care of it yourself. Right. And um, for me personally, when I when I would come to visit, I had I could stay there and be with you guys, and that was really important. Dad and I always, you know, loved being there. So um, it did create a little bit. It, 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 it impacted our lifestyle, you know, our, our opportunity to, to be together. Um, but ultimately that is what building a business in real estate looks like Right, is that you don't get paid right away, you know, and I, I want to, I want to challenge people to think, um, about building a business, uh, and not just making a deal. And I feel like lots of people go out to seminars and they go to seminar to seminar and they get really hyped up at the idea of making lots of money in real estate investing. And that is a possibility, but that isn't sustaining, you know, it's not sustainable. What you really want to do is be able to build an actual business, yeah. which, you know, if, you, if I look back at my life where we were 10 years ago and where we are today, what we've been able to build in 10 years is nothing short of a miracle, you know, because we were facing bankruptcy. So how did we, um, you know, build a business? Well, it was just by, you know, consistent efforts um, done over, you know, over and over and over again and just staying in and believing that I have no other way. Like I'm either going to go work a job or I'm going to build a business and I choose to build a business. Right. And if along the way I have to sacrifice a few things, I will do that in order to have a real um, 
a real business and an opportunity to pass something down uh, to my whole family. Uh, and most importantly, I believe the thing that we that I pass down is um, a way of thinking, mm-hmm. a way of approaching life. That's the main. A, a way of mm-hmm. approaching business. You know, we have this conversation, your, your daughter, um, <laughs> you know, she's five and uh, going on 25, but she, you know, sitting, sitting on stage with me, you know, um, she sits on stage now and she really loves it. And she said, she's, she's ready to take over uh, my job. So, uh, <laughs> I don't think she's kidding. <laughs> I'm sure she's not kidding. I'm absolutely confident in that. So, but she's already thinking in terms of, um, problem solving and, you know, putting people ahead of a dollar and what that actually looks like, which is really, really cool. And I want, um, everybody that comes into our presence um, to have that same opportunity with their family to create a real legacy, to create something that you can pass pass down generation to generation, a way of being and a way of thinking. It's, that's the, it's so true because um, what I've realized over you know the time we spent away from each other, I realized that all the things I learned as a kid, they started to come into play, obviously, <laughs> as an adult. And um, my peers, when they look at me, they know – or they can, and I've heard this from many of my friends and peers, but like I've, I've always had that money-making gene. I've always been <laughs> able to spot opportunities. Mm-hmm. When other people were around me struggling um, to make things happen, I was always able to, like I was always able to find a job. I was always mm-hmm. able to, you know, to do this or do that. And um, I, I totally give all the credit to what I, you know, the, the way I was brought up and the opportunities I was taught how to see and just the way I was taught how to think. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's <clears throat> when I, I guess for me, this podcast was really about like kind of almost comparing myself to the general population of people that come into our club and like what can people have the same, like will people be able to have the same success that like, let's say myself, the son mm-hmm. would be able, you know, and and the truth is, is it's, I, I have no I have no advantages. Like, I actually don't have any advantages. I'm sure it's I have some advantages because I can pick her ear whenever. But um, the truth is, I, I'm not getting anything different than these guys. Like everybody, you all get the same information. Like I should have. There's no reason that I should have more success than any of you. Mm-hmm. You know, the truth is, is I'm I'm out picking up the same opportunities. I'm helping people get to the same place. So um, if everybody thinks that that same way, and everybody is looking for opportunities and looking for an opportunity to build a business rather than look for a deal. It's the same question every single freaking intro. How many times, how, what's the percentage of people that get into their first deal? Like Look, how long does it take before people can become a full-time real, inva- real estate investor? Or get, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, what are, what's the, sti- you know, what, what's the statistic of people that actually have success? And it's, it's like, I, I could make up statistics, right? I, I could, I could, um, I could give you statistics, but you know, creating statistics is nothing more than manipulating words or yeah, um, numbers, numbers. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to manipulate numbers. I don't want to tell people the truth. I, I'm like, listen, we've had people, you know, get a deal their first weekend. Efren's is actually a really good example. I was just thinking about that. You know, that guy, you know, we, we met him before he ever came to RPP and he had been to the club several years ago. And then just wasn't able to join in. And so, but he's been just struggling and struggling and struggling. And then he found an opportunity. He got in contact with one of our club members and we paid him a $10,000 wholesale fee. Right? He, didn't ha- he didn't even go to an RPP. He had just gone to knew an RPP. of the. Exactly. Man, killing me. <laughs> that, that's the point. That is the point. So, like, what's the, what's, what does really success even mean? Like, what, what is, a, what, 
let's say you come to an RPP uh, or you don't even come to an RPP. Let's say an idea pops into your head mm -hmm. and then you, because of that idea, you get a little bit of knowledge and then with that knowledge, you see an opportunity and then you make 10 grand right. just because of something that, you know, like that's the real, like that's the real thing the club gives you is like a whole other perspective, a whole other just an entire different world of opportunity that you would not have before. Absolutely. That's exactly right. Like I've had multiple conversations with my trainer and my pastor about what we do. And he just came to the <laughs> intro. Like I've, we've been, we've been training for months. I've been having little tidbits of conversations uh, here and there about what we do. And he literally, you know, yesterday he comes up and he's like, dude, I get it now. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I was like, man, it's hard and, you know, it's hard to really wrap your head around. And he still doesn't even get it. I was going to say, he thinks he gets he it. Thinks he thinks he understands. He just, it. like, kind of caught on yeah, to the uh -huh. concept finally uh -huh. Uh -huh. because uh -huh. it just seems so far out. It does seem so far out. Um, I, I couldn't be more proud of, of where the club is and what it provides and what it does. I know that it has the ability to change people's lives. Uh, unequivocally, I know that. But it's just a question of whether or not, you know, people have the, the fortitude to, to do the things that are, that are necessary to have success that they want to have in their lives. That's all it comes It's actually to. more about how much success do you want to have right? and like how hard are you going to mm -hmm. go because I don't even – there's not a single person that can convince me that they can't do it or that they wouldn't be able to. Literally, you just, you just have to not quit. You just have to not quit, keep doing the same things you're doing, mm -hmm. and the opportunities will come. And it's all – it really has a lot to do with what your perspective is about where you're supposed to be. If, if you're getting your ideas from like – Grant Cardone and from these guys who are flying jets around and you think that that's what a real estate investor is. That's that's just a bunch of malarkey. It's a bunch of BS. That's not what it really is. No, it's no. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with what, what he does. Grant Cardone is like awesome. But He's a stud, but yeah. it's not it, it's not realistic, I think, for no. people to think that like unless they're driving a fancy car like that or unless they're flying around in a private jet or unless they're wearing suits all the time that they're not a real estate investor. Absolutely true. The truth is like if you go, if you put it in perspective, you go work a job, like just to go work a normal job. How long does it take you to make, like, forty grand? Let's say forty mm -hmm. grand. I mean, if it's gonna, it takes a lot of people the year Absolutely. to make that. Uh, absolutely, I just, I just had this conversation with somebody who's like, so I made, you know, I said, how much money did you make in your real estate business last year? Twenty five thousand. Like, that's not very good. And I was like, really? Like, and that's a failure Yeah, to like, that's a failure. And I was like, uh, I don't see why 20, what, what would you How have much to time? Do? How much time did it take exactly. you to do that? Yeah, on your own terms. Mm -hmm. Whenever you want. Show up whenever you want. Work it whenever you want. And if you actually put it into real numbers, what what was the amount of time you spent to make 25 grand on that deal? <laughs> it may be a total of like 20 hours. Right. Probably all spread out across three months. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, exactly. and then you made 25 grand. But that's a fail. Like yeah, uh, it's, it's not a fail. It's not. No. Like if you think about what it really takes to make that. Absolutely. It's insanity. That's, that's exactly right. So um, I think, you know, for me, I'm glad you wanted to have this conversation today because uh, I think a lot of people do lose perspective of um, what they're getting themselves into when they decide they want to be an entrepreneur. Uh, and they want to run their own business and they want to be a real estate investor. And I think people want to be real estate investors for different reasons, maybe um, because they watch the shows and they want to take something ugly and make it pretty. Which I think for the most, for most people, it's that they want to have control of their own time. Mm -hmm. It's that they don't want to punch a mm -hmm. clock and they won't, don't want to have to show up somewhere when somebody is telling them to. Mm -hmm. And then they'll realize, you'll realize really quick, it's actually a lot easier to just punch a clock. <laughs> it's so and you don't have to worry easier. about it. It's freaking exhausting to try to do this. And so for all of you, like listen to these podcasts, <laughs> 
you you hear so much mindset stuff, and the truth is, if you can't keep your mind right, you will fail in this business. You don't <laughs> get quit. to yeah, you'll just quit. You don't get to be like this unless you do all the same things. So if you think, you know, the the mindset stuff is a bunch of mumbo jumbo, it's you couldn't be more wrong. It's actually seventy five percent of the battle. Mm-hmm. The actual work is pretty easy. It's about very simple. Yeah, it's the work is so simple easy. steps. <laughs> Staying in and you know mm-hmm. being consistent. Mm-hmm. That's why I always say this business is really simple, but it's not easy. Mm-hmm. If it were easy, everybody would do it. But so m- more people quit than than stay in. That's why the opportunity exists, though. Yeah. And it's always been that way, and I don't think it's ever going to change. You know, I mean, my goal is to is to keep um, more people in and more people focused on the opportunity that's at hand. Absolutely right. And I and I am so clear that the next five years, the opportunity is going to be bigger than we've ever seen. So I think we're going to have more money um, coming through our our hands um, and into our space than we've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And so I do want to be really clear and careful with, mm-hmm. with what that looks like, right? I 100% agree. Yeah, we're in the middle of multiple transactions right now, mm-hmm. and I'm just trying to keep the same mindset throughout all of it it's because mm-hmm. I know the money's going to come soon, and I just want to... Make sure that we stay consistent and mm-hmm. steward it. Hungry and steward it, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, is there any other any other things you any other brilliant pieces of wisdom you want to impose or impart to people here, son? <laughs> no, no. I think I'm. I think you I'm think, all used up today. You think? Given enough. You've given it up. <laughs> all right. Well, this is uh, Melina and David. We are flipping off. Bye now. Bye now. <laughs> I'm Melina Boswell, your host of the Flippin' Off podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we'd love for you to subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and tell your friends all about us. You can find more episodes of the Flippin' Off podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you like to listen to awesome podcasts like this. If you like what you've heard, we'd really appreciate it if you'd follow us on Facebook and Instagram and tell us the stories that you'd like to hear. Tim Jackson is our senior producer. Luke Jackson is our editor. Brothers. Josh Maldine is our producer. Sound design by Frequency Factory. Our executive producer is Mind and Mill. This was all created by Dave Boswell for New Wealth Advisors Club. <laughs>